Najat Vallaud-Belkacem, back then minister in charge of women's rights and spokesperson of the French government, gave an interview in which she reasserted France's abolitionist stance in terms of prostitution. I quote her, The question is not whether or not we want to abolish prostitution, the answer is yes, but to give us the means to do so, end of the quote. And actually, the term abolitionist emerged in the 19th century and did not mean exactly what it means today. So here, there are three key words to understand. Reglementarism, reglementarism in French, abolitionism, and prohibitionism. All these three terms are inherited, inherited from the debates of the 19th century, which arose in the context of a growing prostitutional phenomenon in Europe, but even more in France and in Paris. Uh, during the second part of the 19th century, Paris was in fact even nicknamed Europe's brothel or the city of vice. So what was the context back then? In fact, at the very beginning of the 19th century, the French consulat, 1800-1804, implemented a system of toleration, which means that prostitution was not considered as an offense as long as it respected the rules imposed by the state and controlled by the uh, quote-unquote police des mœurs, or vice squad in English. And these rules were the following. The prostitution of unmarried and of-age women was authorized at their own houses or in the so-called maison close, the brothels, but they had to be registered at the police headquarters and they had to regularly pass um, a medical examination at their expense and in case of venereal diseases, they had to be cured in so-called hospitals prisons, such as the, the hospitals prison of Saint-Lazare. This system was called reglementarisme in French or reglementarism. It was exported to other European countries throughout the 19th century, where it became known as the French system. So at that time, when the term abolitionist emerged in the debate, it was then referring to those who wanted to abolish this reglementary system, but not necessarily prostitution in general. Those who wanted the complete abolition of prostitution were instead called the prohibitionists. This, this is why Najat Vallaud-Belkacem's use of the term abolitionist is a bit confusing, because she is in fact defending a prohibitionist stance. So in 2013, she gave a speech in front of the National Assembly, supporting a new proposition of law, which would, which would put an end to the previous offense of racolage, or soliciting, and would introduce the criminalization of the clients, notably. The law was uh, eventually adopted in 2016. So in this speech, she referred to the reglamentary system and denounced the idea of fatalism that accompanied it. She refuted the idea that that 
prostitution should be legalized because of the idea that it satisfies quote-unquote men's irrepressible needs and uh, at that point of her speech she quoted Alexandre Parent du Châtelet's name Nous devons faire confiance à l'humanité qui est en tout homme et en toute femme et c'est la noblesse même de votre fonction mesdames et messieurs les députés que de faire ce pari les besoins irrépressibles donc ça me rappelle le rapport d'Alexandre Parent du Châtelet l'un des médecins qui fut parmi les tout premiers à soutenir des positions réglementaristes et qui assimilait alors les personnes prostituées à un réseau d'égouts ou à une vidange organique. L'un d'entre vous récemment les a aussi comparés au sel, au sucre ou au gras. Oldest profession in the world and which would enable to avoid greater evils. And she completely refuses this idea of fatalism and she exhorts the assembly to take action, quoting this time Jean Jaurès la doctrine de fatalité qu'on nous oppose, disait Jaurès, je crois pouvoir dire qu'elle est contraire à ce que l'humanité depuis 2000 ans a pensé de plus haut et rêvé de plus noble. De quel droit, continuait-il, de quel droit une société qui par égoïsme, par inertie, par complaisance pour les jouissances faciles de quelques-uns n'a tari aucune des sources du crime qu'il dépendait d'elle de tarir, ni l'alcoolisme, ni le vagabondage, ni le chômage, ni la prostitution de quel droit donc cette société vient-elle frapper ensuite, en la personne de quelques individus misérables, le crime même dont elle n'a pas surveillé les origines Ce n'est pas la fatalité qui fait les lois, c'est vous, les parlementaires. C'est à vous, mesdames et messieurs les députés, qu'il revient d'éviter que la liberté opprime. So, by quoting Jean Jaurès, who uses the term a crime several times, Najat Vallaud Belkacem positioned herself, in fact, in the, traditional, in, in the tradition of an ambivalent representation of the figure of the prostitute. And this ambivalence is mirrored all along her speech because, on the one hand, she presents herself as the direct heir of Victor Hugo and hence of his miserablest representation of the prostitutes as victims, as tragic heroes. Uh, and, but on the other hand, she uses the word crime, which as a result presents prostitutes, to, prostitutes as delinquents and hence culprits. In fact, uh, you have to, we have to say that this ambivalence in the representation of the figure of the prostitute is a very characteristic feature of the debate around prostitution which emerged in the 19th century and keeps going on nowadays. And this is perfectly illustrated by the choice of the Musée d'Orsay in 2015 to entitle its exhibition dedicated to the images of prostitution during the period 1815-1910, Splendeurs et Misères, so Splendors and Miseries, which really shows this ambivalence between two opposite poles. And so as illustrated by this exhibition and by the newspaper Le Monde, which I will quote, the representation of the figure of the prostitute always oscillates between two poles, figure of lust or misery, greed or abnegation, desecrated innocence or assumed libertinism, sexual slave or woman free to make her own choice, and so on. So we see that there is a tension in all these representations from the 19th century on, a tension between, for example, The Brussels prostitute, represented in, for example, uh, Degas' La Fête de la Patronne in 1877, or in Toulouse-Lautrec's Le Salon de la Rue des Moulins, 1894, where the prostitutes are represented 
really anonymously. Uh, we can't see their faces sometimes where we don't have their names. They are represented in groups. Uh, and no one is really singled out. So the prevailing idea is really the idea of anonymity. And uh, furthermore, in this representation, they are portrayed in closed space, the maison close, uh, seemingly emphasizing their alienation and their victimization. But on the other hand, at the same period, there is the figure of the courtesan, such as Manet's Olympia, where we are no longer in anonymity here. On the contrary, we can clearly see her face, and she's even, in fact, staring at us, the spectators, in a rather challenging look, a challenging look which seems to emphasize her power, because, indeed, the figure of the courtesan was one of, of the powerful women, free of her choices, even sometimes portrayed as a predator, as an, an, as an abstract character who subverts the moral order and who, And in Mendes Olympia, we can clearly see heat because uh, the Olympia has a really challenging look, which, she, which seems to invite the spectator to look at her indecent nudity. And in fact, the representation of the nudity free of any mythological dimension indeed shocked very much the audience of the time who saw it as an offense against public decency. And Here again, we have another kind of representation at the same time during the 19th century, which is, um, on the contrary, Hugo's character uh, Fantine in Les Miserables, which is the traditional representation of the prostitute as a tragic hero, a victim of her fate and of her economic situation, who becomes a sexual slave out of necessity, because Hugo indeed famously compared prostitution to a form of modern slavery. In a paragraph uh, of the Miserable, which in fact Mo Olivier, which uh, who was the ra rapporteur of the special commission for the examination of the bill uh, of 2013 to strengthen the pro the fight against the prostitution system, so the law we've uh, talked about um, previously, and um, uh, this rapporteur Mo Olivier, in fact, quoted Hugo in the debate at the assembly. Comme le disait Victor Hugo dans Les Misérables, la prostitution, c'est la société achetant une esclave. À qui À la misère, à la faim, au froid, à l'abandon, au dénuement. Marché douloureux, la misère offre, la société accepte. Alors de quoi parle-t-on Nous parlons pour la majorité d'êtres humains qui sont vendus, transportés, dressés, pour devenir des choses dont on peut tirer des bénéfices. So we clearly see this miserableist uh, vision of the prostitute which is who is completely victimized. And later on, this victimization of the prostitute will keep going on, in fact, with the, the realists and naturalists' representation of the prostitute as the, the victim and the symbol of a new social order which developed along with the phenomena of industrialization and urbanization and which is really characterized by the oppression of the poorest. For example, uh, in Maupassant's Boule de Suif, uh, 18, uh, 1880, uh, Boule de Suif is a, the character of the prostitute who becomes the, the victim and the symbol of the bourgeois hypocrisy because she, she sacrifices herself and she, she's very generous with the other people, but in the end, they don't give her back. And uh, yeah, so she really becomes the, the symbol of the bourgeois hypocrisy and these double standards of morality. 
Um, at the same time, uh, in 1880, um, there is Zola's character Nana in the book of this, with the same title, uh, who is the perfect example of this ambivalent figure. Because on the one hand, she, she appears as the victim and the symbol of this new social order, as we've said, it's one of the favorite topics of Zola. And, uh, and in, her, in his precedent, uh, previous book, he really presents the, the destitution and the misery in which she, she was raised. But on the other hand, she, she's represented, Nana, the, the character is represented as a really selfish and greedy courtesan, which is ready to do uh, everything to attain uh, fame and money. So here we have really this ambivalence in the character of Nana. But in the representation of the figure of the prostitute, there is also this, a strong tension indeed with the, between the representation of the prostitute as a victim, which, which would justify the state's intervention. For instance, in Najat uh, Vallaud Belkacem, in her speech, exhorts the assembly to, uh, I quote, Ce n'est pas la fatalité qui fait les lois, c'est vous, les parlementaires. C'est à vous, mesdames et messieurs les députés, qu'il revient d'éviter que la liberté opprime et de veiller à affranchir le faible. So really this victimization of the of the prostitute which just which justifies the the intervention of the state and on the contrary uh, this um, this portrayal of the of the prostitute as a culprit a criminal by uh, by quoting Jaurès which uses the term crime uh, several times. So we see that on the one hand, the figure of the prostitute is victimized. She is the victim of her economic conditions, have we said before with Victor Hugo, or of this new social order with Zola, for instance. But she's also a victim of the venereal diseases. It's, for example, the case in Picasso's Les Demoiselles d'Avignon, or L'Entrevue in, in the beginning of the 19th, uh, 20th century, which both uh, paintings depict contaminated prostitutes. And on the other end of this victimization, the figure of the prostitute is portrayed as a culprit, a criminal, and in fact, it's this representation which will prevail during more than two centuries in the laws, which will always criminalize the prostitutes and never their clients until this uh, 2016 law. And the painter Adolphe Moussa, for instance, uses the myth of the femme fatale in his painting Elle, in which he represents a naked prostitute sitting at the top of a pile of dead men bodies, the man that she attracted with her irresistible, almost bewitching power of seduction and kill. And the, the prostitute perfectly fits this myth of the femme fatale in both figurative and literal meaning, because on the one hand she's very attractive, but she can even really kill you, in fact, if she contaminates you with venereal diseases. And this issue of the venereal diseases was a big concern at the time. We are in the second part of the 19th century, marked by the hygienists and Osman's big work of transformation of the urban organi organization of Paris, uh, in part for sanitary concerns. And today, this sanitary concern is still an important um, one in the, in the debate around prostitution, and it's used by both sides of the debate. Because those in favor of decriminalizing prostitution argue that 
criminalization takes the prostitutes away from the health structures and hinder the non-profit organization's prevention effort, while on the contrary, those in favor of the abolition of prostitution argue that prostitution is a so-called health disaster, I quote Najat Vallaud-Belkacem again, uh, which increases the number of venereal contaminations and as such should be abolished. It's interesting to notice how the references to the regulatorist system and the representations of the figure of the prostitute it entailed is used by both sides of the debate about prostitution nowadays. The ones in favor of abolishing prostitu prostitution often position themselves in the direct legacy of Victor Hugo, for example, who I quote NVB again. Uh, Najat Vallaud-Belkacem again had launched the struggle for the abolition of prostitution and accordingly uh, they present the prostitutes as victims that the state needs to quote-unquote free. And on the, the other hand, those who want to decriminalize it, on the contrary, such as the sex workers union Le Stress, for instance, denounce the regulatory system and the victimization of the prostitutes as an infringement of the women's right and a clear instance of the state's paternalism. In the union's website, so the, the Strass website, um, they denounce the, I quote, moral hygienist perspective which is being conveyed by the regulatory system. End of the quote. A system of which they give the following definition, I quote, the state's control over the sex work, which goes against the sex workers' freedom and agency capacity, and then defines them as a specific population which needs to be supervised, controlled, and therefore infantilized. End of the quote. Therefore, what we've seen here is that the debate about prostitution, which emerged in the 19th century with the, term, the terms regulatorism, abolitionism, and prohibitionism, and the representations of the figure of the prostitute entailed have greatly shaped current debates on the topic. Both sides refer to arguments which were already present at the time to either defend or denounce current policies and representations. And we've seen that these representations during the from the 19th century on were very ambivalent. The figure of the prostitute constantly oscillating between two opposite poles, either victim or culprit, either enslaved or free, either abstract character or tragic hero, etc. But there was always one constant feature. They were always represented through a male gaze. And this male gaze will in fact keep on prevailing in the representation of the prostitutes during much of the 20th century also, evolving a bit towards a kind of nostalgia of the, the maison close, such as for instance in Alphonse Boudard's La Fermeture, 
uh, after the Marthe Richard Law of 1946, which put an end to the regulatory system in France and along with it to the brothels. And so this male gaze will prevail really until the 70s and the sex workers' women movement, which will see a really relative appearance of the prostitutes' voices in the public sphere. And that's what we're going to see in the next episode. Vous donne des perspectives sur votre...